Hey, listen, if you'll turn to, to, uh, to Matthew chapter 1, let's pick up a little bit where we left off last week. Um, and while you're looking over to, to the book of Matthew in the New Testament, uh, I want to read another passage of Scripture to you. And then I want to brag on, I want to brag on Jesus for a second. Can I do that? While you're turning to, uh, to Matthew chapter 1, I want to read a passage of Scripture uh, from, the, from, the, from the book of Acts. And here's Peter, and he is, he is giving a clear presentation of the gospel, and he's talking about not only the gospel, but who Jesus was and what he was all about. And this is what, this is what he declares in Acts chapter 10. He says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, let me tell you what. I don't know what you think about when you think about what Jesus did when he was there on, here on the earth, but he went around doing an awful lot of good. Healing the brokenhearted, those that were discouraged. I can see Jesus filling multitudes of different positions when he was, he was blessing people and he was encouraging people. And I want to I tell you some things that have happened over the past couple of weeks that, that where you have been the hands and feet of Jesus that some of you don't even know. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we gathered at this place in the fellowship hall and we had the opportunity to feed all of the employees for Fruitland Park, all of the employees, all of the elected officials during the day. And we gathered with... With, uh, with other pastors, we invited them to come and be a part because we're about what God's doing here within this community, and, and we believe that God is up to something much bigger than heritage. And so we gathered here, and, and Bob, you're, in, you're, you're Bill, and Chris, y'all small group got together, and they said, we want to serve. Um, we want to serve. As a matter of fact, they had a Christmas party the other day, and in the midst of the Christmas party, they passed out ladles. You guys remember a ladle? <laughs> they handed out ladles and they said, we want our group, our missional community to be known for serving. What a great blessing. Um, this past week, we had a press conference for Blessed Fruitland Park. There was an offering that was given a few weeks ago. You may remember that offering. Uh, this Thursday, over 50 people gathered for a press conference at the elementary school and a check was presented for over $4,600 um, to help meeting the needs of students that are, that are here within our community school and it was a, a gathering of, of business leaders, of church leaders, of civic leaders, um, school leaders as we gathered to talk about the opportunity we have to make here within this community and we'll meet again in January as we begin some, some, some plans of, of how we're going to work together to do that. Um, you know, um, Project Legacy, some of you are unaware with what Project Legacy is, but we started Project Legacy about five years ago specifically being able to impact the lives. Uh, it's an outside-the-church um, group that meets businessmen, concerned individuals that want to have a, uh, an impact in the lives of teenagers, in the lives of children here in the area. And they gave me a report the other day that over the past four years, Project Legacy has invested $52,000 in the lives of children and teens in the surrounding areas. With over 30 different organizations we've been able to support. That's phenomenal. And you say, why in the world would you do something like that? <laughs> it's not just about the support or scholarships. It's about the building and the networking of relationships that we have an opportunity to share Jesus. That's a Jesus deal. Beyond the Walls yesterday, if you missed it, 
75 volunteers gathered yesterday to serve our neighbors. It was a wonderful time of praying. Two God stories, one of our homeless men that, that we serve on a regular basis came to me and I had a conversation with him at Thanksgiving or at one of our food drops. And in that I said, you know what, you need to be serving. You need to be beyond the walls and serving. He came to me yesterday. He was clean shaven. He had had a bath. And he said, Pastor Sid, he said, I know you want to know this. I'm going to start serving in January at Beyond the Walls. And he said, I've been to other places to ask if I could help. And they told me I couldn't talk about Jesus. He said, how can you not talk about Jesus when you know what he's done in your life? And he said, I'm so excited about coming. Yesterday, Joe took his first steps. Drove up and, and he said, can I, can I show you guys? Can I show you guys? And we got it on video of Joe taking some of his first steps. Joe, we're really proud of you. Uh, uh, I don't think you're going to be in that wheelchair much longer. But in the meantime, you just continue to give God the glory and we celebrate with you. There's another one of our missional communities that got together and went to one of the nursing homes and they just sang. They did two performances and sang and loved on senior adults and they had a blast. There's another group that's adopted a family. and I mean, there's just been stories. There was a, there was a couple that, that helped a senior adult lady whose, whose car had been broken down in, in one of the plazas for two days. Didn't know what to do. One of our families went and loved on them and prayed over her, took her vehicle, towed it to their house, and fixed the vehicle. Thank you guys for being the hands and feet of Jesus and loving. And I know there's multiple other stories. Another man came to me and said, Sid, I don't know what to do. Another couple came to me and knew that I was in need, and now I feel so guilty because they, they, they gave me some financial resources. What am I supposed to do? And I said, thank Jesus. Thank the Lord. Um, may we be known as a generous people. Thank you guys for your tithes and offerings that you give to help us keep these lights on uh, and pay for air conditioners when <laughs> they break down. <laughs> I told them, I said, listen, Let's just, let's just do like everybody else does. So let's just make it hot or make it cold and just say, you know, when we get enough, then we'll replace it. We just won't ever fix it for a while. And so, uh, but listen, thank you guys. For those of you that give on a regular basis to the tithes and offerings to help support this family, it's one thing to support the outside, but what keeps us going is by your tithes and offerings of, so that we can keep the inside going so that we can continue to do the outside. But I promise you this. We try to be very skimpish on what we do on the inside. There ain't a lot of flash that happens around here. I apologize for that, guys. I really struggle with that. Um, uh, but may we use the resources that God has given us in such a way that we're able to, to maximize those resources for a kingdom perspective. Uh, the overseers, the trustees, we, we talked the other day. We've set our budget for next year, and we're looking at 10% more. Uh, mid $550,000 for a budget for next year. And we've done that because there's some specific things that we want to do within this community. There's some specific things that we want to do within the areas of communication. And uh, we're just praying that God's going to meet those resources. So this next year, as you plan out your budget and as you talk to the Lord about your giving, I pray that you'd say, okay, God, how do we stretch ourselves so that we can be part of what God is doing? But I just wanted to be able to say thank you today. Uh, there were Christmas trees. A lady grabbed me yesterday, and she said, she said, uh, I know you're the pastor. I know you're the pastor. I, I never try to dress like a pastor. I never try to talk like a pastor. I never, 
Because once they identify you, it changes all the conversations, you know. But she said, I just got to tell you about these Christmas trees. Look at the joy on people's faces as they were receiving Christmas trees yesterday. Um, thank you, guys. Let's pray. I got to pray. I got to pray over this, and then we'll, we'll talk more. Father, thank you for blessing us. May we be responsible. May we experience the joy of what it means to give and to be your hands and feet within this community. There are churches that are, that are within this community that are meeting together today just like we are, that are talking about Jesus. And may we discover uh, a freshness of working together within this community to make a difference. May we be encouraged to pray for one another and to, and to lift up one another. Um, Father, that the, the, those that are non-believers would see something different taking place within this community. Maybe we be so active about talking, not just about Jesus on Christmas, but every day, every day. Father, now would you just bless us as we open your word, and may, we, may you speak to our hearts today. That's what I'm asking, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, how many of you guys really like Christmas? Really, really like Christmas. Christmas traditions? Christmas, you know, if, if you're married, just, you probably have some traditions, you know. Uh, Thanksgiving, we are usually at my family's house, we drive up. Christmas, we're usually here. Uh, Christmas Eve, we're usually at Meredith's mom and dad's uh, experiencing and um, the, the homemade eggnog that is out of this world. Um, it's, it's one that you just don't necessarily want to put down. Once you drink a cup, it's like you, you, you got to have some more. Usually it's lasagna or something that, and then we open up gifts uh, within the family. Sunday, on, the, uh, on Christmas Day, uh, it's getting up and a cup of coffee or hot chocolate for the kids, and we sit around before we ever open any gifts, or at least I think the gifts haven't been opened. <laughs> and we read the Christmas story together. How many of you used to, don't tell me a lie, how many of you used to open presents before Christmas and wrap them back up? Mm-hmm. Your kids are doing the same thing. <laughs> Except these days, what they're doing is they're going through your phone, looking for your text to see what you've texted back and forth, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, there are all these traditions that we have. And then there are the, uh, the foods, okay? They're the different foods. Meredith, usually on, uh, on Christmas Day, there's, her family will come over, and, and there's usually a brunch around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I tried to get these recipes from Meredith, but she said, I couldn't do it because they were so bad for you that it would be terrible. But there's a French toast that she makes that just make you, what do they, what do they say, make your tongue slap your head out or something like that? <laughs> Whatever it is. Wes, what's that saying? Tongue slap your brains out. Is that what it is? Make, make, make a rabbit slap a bear. That's how good it is. <laughs> but it's like French toast, and it's got this, and it's got some pecans and stuff. Woo! It's just really good. And, and then there are the smells. I mean, how many of you guys like smell, smell stuff? Some of you, it's the smells in the kitchen, but then there's some people that's got a smell in every different room. And I'm not talking about the bathroom, okay? I'm... <laughs> You got cinnamon and you got peppermint and you've got evergreen and pumpkin spice and all of those different things going on. 
And then how many of us have found yourself inside of a room before? I mean, I had somebody telling me the other day, I want you to listen to this. She said, we were sitting in the midst of our family room. I've got one on the computer, one on an iPod, one texting, one is, is emailing, and, and they, we're all in a room, and everybody was close. What are you laughing about, Sherry? But everybody was far away. He said, here we were. We were so close. I mean, but nobody was there. Nobody was home. Let me say this. Do you ever feel that way, maybe that way with God? That you know in your head what the Bible has to say and the Scripture has to say that He is here with us, but yet there are those times that you seem to struggle with that. Have you ever found yourself in that, in that situation? Well, I, I think that what we find here today, that Matthew addresses that issue. And so let's read and see what the Scripture has to say. Because he is here. He's not just near us, but he is with us. And this is what Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says. He said, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, the prophet Isaiah. Verse 23, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she'll give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. You know, I've gotten a lot of great gifts in my lifetime over the years, but that's the greatest gift that's ever been given. God with us. And the purpose behind our heavenly father sending his son was so that we could have a personal encounter with him. So that God wouldn't feel far, far away, but he would be here with us. So that we could experience his love, and so that we would be able to experience salvation. Because God just didn't want to be near us, but he wants to be with us. See, the word Jesus means salvation. You might want to write that down. It means salvation, or it means Savior. It's God reaching out to man. It's not, it's not a, the story of the scriptures about, about man's journey to God, but it's about God's journey to man. It's about not us being able to save ourselves, but God sending his son so that he could rescue us because we couldn't rescue ourselves. But how many times do we get distracted, especially at Christmas, because we're spending so much time trying to save ourselves? And that moment in time when you seem to find a rest, all of a sudden it comes back to your mind. i got to do a little more. i got to do a little more. And so you go back out to do a little more. But Christmas is about joy and peace as well as redemption. It's about a lost world. It's about hope. I had a lady tell me yesterday, there's just no hope. <laughs> I had fun with that. I said, oh, yes. Oh, yes, there's hope, because that's why we celebrate Christmas, the birth of a Savior. That's the big, the big idea. It is God bringing clarity into a world of chaos. So this is what I want to do today as we talk about distractions and sort of keeping things in focus. Let's look at maybe three truths that we can find within this passage of Scripture that will help us keep Christmas in focus and not become distracted. Here, look at verse 21. Let me read this for you. 
It says, and she, being Mary, will have a son, Jesus, and you heard to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Write this down, he will save us. I don't know if you doubt that or not, but he will save us. That's the truth. Jesus came to save us from our sins. There's a story about a little boy, and he writes a letter to Santa, and this is what he says. He said, dear Santa, there are three boys in this house. There's David, there's Jeffrey, and then there's Norman. Now, David, he's good some of the time. There's Jeffrey, he's good every once in a while. But there's Norman, and he's good all the time. I just wanted you to know that as you prepare for the big day, Santa. No signature. Who do you think wrote that? <laughs> How many times do we come to the place in life of thinking that we're like Norman, that, that, that we are good? We're good all the time of the time that we're good every minute of the day but the reality is this none of us bat a thousand and every one of us have this in common we all are sinners I want you to look at the person next to you and say this very confidently I know you're a sinner <laughs> now I know you some of you take pride in telling <clears throat> for some of you that's like like you've been waiting to say that right You've, been, you've just been waiting to say that. You can't get away from it. But we are all sinners. And you know what happens with, with our sin? There's, a, there's something that happens with our sin. It separates us from God. And if you know anything about sin, sin not only separates us from God, but it also separates us here on this earth in our relationship with one another. That's what sin does. It separates. And let me also say this. Our relationship with God isn't better because we do a couple of good things. See, there may have been some that went to beyond the walls yesterday to serve because you thought that maybe God would think a little bit more highly of you once you were done. It doesn't work that way. Some of you may think that because you give an offering to Lottie Moon that God's going to love you more. It doesn't work that way. I don't know how to tell you this, but God isn't fickle in his love. He loves us. He loves me. Do you believe that he loves you? It's one thing to say, yes, I believe that. But do you really, honestly, truthfully, do you believe that God loves you unconditionally? He doesn't wait on us to come to him, but he's always pursuing us. He just waits for us to ask forgiveness for our sins. We don't like talking about that, though, do we? We don't like talking about our sinfulness. We don't talk about like talking about our need for a savior because it's not a very popular thought you know I, I was in a conversation with a, with a guy one time and and he he reminded me that he he could handle it I don't need any help I got it under control no we can ignore it but we can't bypass it we all are sinners and we're need all of us are in need of forgiveness Talk about forgiveness for a second. Let me give you a couple of, of points about forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness, God forgives us freely. Write that down. God forgives us freely. <clears throat> you can't earn God's forgiveness. It's freely given. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I like the word free, but a lot of times the word free means cheap. I remember the, the time that my friend in college said, man, come on, if we go do this right here, they'll give us a motorized boat, and then we can go fishing. I said, man, you have to be crazy. He went ahead and went. <laughs> I won't even tell you what. 
I won't even tell you what they gave him. He said, he finally called me, he goes, man, you were right, it was a waste of my time. I'm not talking about something that's cheap, but it was a high price that was paid for our forgiveness. It was the highest price of all because God sent his son and he would die on a cross. He would die for our sins. And when Paul was talking about forgiveness, this is what he said as he wrote, as he wrote to the believers at Ephesus. He said, listen, just as God freely forgives us, so are we to forgive others. There's a cost at forgiveness. When's the last time you've had somebody hurt you? It's hard to forgive, isn't it? It's a giving of self. It's a giving away of self. And just as we don't deserve forgiveness, we are to forgive others. Second thing, God forgives us completely. Have you ever run into somebody that says, I might forgive you, but I will never forget? Maybe, maybe you've said that. Partial forgiveness wasn't what Jesus offered, but it was complete. It was total and I, I meet those people from time to time. The other night in a, in a conversation, this guy says to me, but you have no clue what I've done. I go, well, I know a lot of things that you've done. And he said, but you don't know what I've done. And I said, you're right, I don't. But Jesus does. And he still forgives. You just have to go to him. I meet people like that all the time. And there may be some of you here today that you're, man, you got, it, you got to look. And you're here every time the door's open, but you're struggling with forgiveness because for some reason you have a hard time accepting the fact that God could forgive you for something that's happened in your past. God can, and he does it completely. See, you can fight with me, but let me tell you what the Scripture has to say. Psalms 103, it says, For his unfailing love towards us who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as from us as the east is from the west. And in Micah chapter 7, 19, Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. God's forgiveness isn't also freely, it's completely, but it's also instantaneous. That verse that we talk about all the time, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not a, okay, I'll give you a little bit now, and if you're good, I'll give you a little bit more later. You know, I don't think there's anything that's more frustrating in trying to make atonement for your own sins. That's what other world religions do. They say, well, if you'll work hard enough, then you can attain forgiveness for your sins and have salvation. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not only frustrating, but it's impossible. It's like digging, digging a hole with no bottom. Are you with me? It's like digging a hole and never, never getting down to the bottom. You only get to the place that you wear yourself out. And once, once you're, you're there to take that breath, all of a sudden guilt sets back in, prompting you to get back at it. Any more any performers in the room that you're doing everything you can just to try to keep up, just trying to perform because maybe God will love me more. It's a distraction. It's a lie. And at this Christmas season, it, it allows you the opportunity, if you believe that, to, to get outside the focus and to lose sight of really what Christmas is all about. It was the scriptures that said in Ephesians chapter 2 that God saved us by his grace when we believe and there's not a thing that we can do to take credit for our salvation it's a gift it, it's it's a reward it's it's not a reward for the good things that we have done so none of us can boast about it 
So let's go back to the original idea of the fact that God saves us. Write this down. Um, God is with us. Verse 23. God is with us. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It literally means Jesus, the Son of God, is with us every moment of every hour of every day. Do you remember the last time that you felt all alone? It's not fun being alone, is it? There's some of you here that may feel as if you are alone because it's in those moments of time that you are alone, that you think that you're alone, that fear has the ability to be able to set in. When I was growing up, I grew up on a piece of property that we didn't live near anybody. It was the woods. When there were conversations around the table, it wasn't about bears, but it was about panthers and, you know, and bobcats and, you know, and coyotes and, and things like that. There was, and there was always some kind of booger man in the bushes. You, are you with me? And so, <clears throat> because I grew up and I was always involved in sports, from time to time, I would run around the fence line to, to get, get a little exercise. And Steve knows what I'm talking about. Steve's been to my house. So I'd run, run around the fence line. And I would usually run pretty fast. Well, this night, I was a, it was a little bit later than usual, and uh, I decided I was going to run around the fence line and so I told my parents where I was, where I was headed, and my mother, bless her heart, I think this is all moms, I think moms do this just to, you know, sort of keep, keep us in line. My mother said, I don't think you need to do that, son. That's just, may not be very safe. And so, uh, <clears throat> you, know, you know, there's bobcats and wildcats out there, and there's panthers, you know, there's been talk of a panther in the area. And uh, are you with me? It's like your parents getting ready, you're getting ready to go on your first drive, and you're just like, I just don't know if you need to go. I, don't, I just, I got a bad feeling about things. So anyway, I sort of ignored that. I ignored it in front of them, but it, it was in my mind as I started running around the fence. And you got a picture, this is right about dark. And it's funny, I love John Johnson's, uh, his, uh, his post from time to time when he's getting in a tree stand, he says, you know, everything sounds really loud and odd in the morning when you can't see anything and you're in the middle of the woods. Things seem to creep and they seem to crawl. Well, I was at the back side as far away from the house as you can get. I'm thinking the whole time, you know, what am I going to do if, you know, if, if uh, a, you know, a, a wildcat jumps out, if a, if a coyote starts chasing me? And you have to think, I'm middle school, okay? Panther shoots out. About that time, there was a blood-curdling scream. I couldn't go backwards because I had just as far to go backwards as I had frontwards. It would take me time to turn around and run backwards. So as fast as I could, with everything that I had, it was a long way, but I made it there in a short time. I made it back to the house. I was out of breath. You ain't going to believe it. I think a, a, a panther, about that time my dad come in the house, he was busting out. He had run, he had run through the woods, and he, he was going to try to teach me a lesson. This was, this was when he was younger, Steve. He had cut it through the woods and uh, tried to scare me. Now, 
Let me, he did scare me. <laughs> Let me just say this. If I would have had somebody else with me, that experience wouldn't have been near as bad. You know what I'm saying? If I would have had my dad with me, that experience would have nowhere been as worse as, as what it was. But I was terrified. I was terrified. And how many times in life do we feel as if we're on the backside of the fence all alone and he's not there? And not only is he not there, there's nobody else there. Are you with me? Fear. Talking about loneliness, we can laugh, but loneliness is a real big deal. I have a friend of mine right now that's, that, uh, that's on his deathbed. And this is what he said to my mom and dad the other day. Please don't let me be alone. Please don't let me be alone. Loneliness is real. And it wouldn't surprise me if there were some of us that are in this room with a smile on our face and we're nodding our heads, yet we are deeply lonely because we have lost fact of the sight that God is with us. He's with us. And in those moments of quietness, there's those times that I have to separate myself and listen. You can know the scriptures, but sometimes your faith will be challenged. And you've got to sit down. And you know why the scriptures are so important? Because it gives us the truth to hold on to. This isn't just a storybook, guys. Man, this is God's word that, that we hold on to. And we, those moments that we feel that, that God is not there, we have to go back and say, okay, this is what the scripture has to say, that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us, that he won't leave me or forsake me. And we've got to remind ourselves of those truths. Because if we don't, it's easy to get distracted. Third thing I want to remind you of, God is for me. Write that down. God is for me. In Romans chapter 8, it says, and we know that all things, um, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And in Romans 8, 31, what shall we say about such things as, as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? I mean, I want you to think about, even, even say, just would you murmur that to yourself? God is, God is for me. Just think about that for a second. God is for me. And I don't know what you may be facing or what issue you might be dealing with right now, but God is for you. He is at work in all things for the good of those who love him. And maybe you're here today and... and and, and there's nothing else that seems to resonate with you except for that one point because of something that's happened in your life. And I don't know what it may be, but I want to remind you today that God is for you. He's not against you. That God pursues you. That he pursues us. And he, he, he wants us to have a relationship with him. He waits on us to come to him and recognize, recognize that he, he sent his son to rescue us because we couldn't rescue ourselves. See, God, this is the type of God that he is. He's a God that if he had a calendar, he would have your birthday marked with an X on it. He's the type of God that if he had a refrigerator, he'd probably have your picture on it. Man, he loves us. He is for us. And if he's for us, who or what can be against us? God loves and he cares for us. Even when you feel that you have been forgotten, when your earthly family has forgotten you, 
God hasn't. When your spouse has given up on you, God hasn't. When your boss has given up on you, God hasn't. When your parents have given up on you, God hasn't. When your teachers have given up on you, God hasn't. But it's just so easy to get distracted in this season and to forget that God saves us. That He saves us. And that He's with us. And that He's for us. Let me ask you a question. Which one of these can you identify with the closest? He saves us. He's with us. Or He's for me. Which one do you most identify with? It's a time of discussion. Which one do you, He's with us. Somebody else, which one do you most identify with? He saves us. What else? Which one do you most identify with? Saves, he's with us, or he's for us? He's for us. Sometimes it feels like he's against us. What else? What else? What about you? See, it's, it's good. Mark, do you understand that God is for you? He's for you. You know, Dennis, will you back problems? Hey, God is for you. Joe, in a wheelchair? you got to be kidding me. And you're telling me that God is for me? Your spouse has walked out on you and you're going to tell me that God is for me? Yeah, with us, if you only knew how lonely I was. If you only knew the moments in the middle of the night. Yeah, he's there. But Satan will distract you, especially at the Christmas season, with all the activity going on around us, and yet there's complete silence and loneliness. Because I don't feel like he's there. So I don't know how maybe you can respond today to this, but I promise you there is a response. You just have to make a decision about how you're going to respond. In all things, God is at work. God saves us. He's with us. And he's for us. Greg Bennett was with us back six or eight months ago. He's a friend of ours. And... Um, since that, since Greg's baptism, um, Greg has been going down the uh, the hill pretty quickly with the progression the progression of his cancer. And Lord had just really laid him on my heart to call him last night and try to spend some time with him on and FaceTime. And I, I knew that that things were had been pretty rough. Matter of fact, Miss Dottie and I were talking about it Thursday, and uh, so we had the opportunity to talk last night on FaceTime. And and he said, Sid, he said, I'm just he said, really, I'm doing good. He said, there are just those moments in time that I struggle. And he said, I just want God to be given the glory through what I'm walking through. And he said, I, and, and I know time is short. I, I know that unless God does an, a, something miraculous, which I know that he can do, he said, I know that, that, that life is really short. And we're talking within six months, even sooner. 
And he said, in these last days, I just want to give God the glory. We should live with that anticipation every day. Every day. I mean, when you're at work, do you think about giving God the glory? When you're at home and you're in the midst of a conflict, do you think about giving God the glory? When you're, when you're, when you're as a business person and you're making a transaction, do you think about giving God the glory? When you're treating a neighbor or you're, you're honking the horn at somebody because the traffic is just overwhelmed, are you giving somebody the, the, one of the fingers? I don't know which finger it may be. Don't say that. I see, church, I see church emblems all the time with stuff going on. <clears throat> That's why I'm not going to have a bumper sticker at Heritage. I don't want anybody identifying somebody with us with that. <clears throat> but listen, think about it. Do you think about giving God the glory? Why not? Why not? I want to pray over you today. And if you don't know Jesus, what keeps you from making that decision to follow him? You can't rescue yourself. I'll tell you this, you'll, you'll wear yourself out and you'll dig a hole that you'll never find the bottom. As far as with us, the scripture promises that. He's with us. And if you're struggling with that today, would you just go and say, God, I want to hold on to the truth today. I, want to, I don't want to let go of the anchor, but I want to hold on to the anchor because I, I want to believe and trust that even though I feel this way, you are with me. And maybe you're here today and You've got something going on and you've been struggling and you've, you're really you're angry at God. Maybe you need to go to God and say, God, even in this, I'm going to trust you today. But I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you because I don't want to get distracted in this Christmas season. I want us to remain focused on why we celebrate. And after I pray with you, we're going to close um, with something special. Father, thank you for this day. What a blessing it is for us to be able to come and to take your word and to ask for your presence in this place. Father, this your word that, that cuts us deep to the bone. It's your word that, that, that convicts our hearts. It's your word that reminds us of your grace, your mercy. There are people here today, Lord, that I know that this has touched. The person that is unsaved and is trying to save themselves and is yet to come to grips with the fact that it's Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, that came to save us. There's not a thing that we can do to save ourselves. There's some that are here that are doing, dealing with forgiveness and struggling with, with, um, with, with just that issue of forgiveness. It may be accepting forgiveness from you. It might be um, giving forgiveness to somebody else, extending that. Maybe there's people here today, Lord, that that are just lonely and have forgotten the truth that you're with us. And it may be those that are struggling with something, something that's so terrible that we wouldn't even understand. And because of that, they become angry with you because they don't understand that, that you're at work in all things. Help us not to become distracted this Christmas season. Help us to hold on to your truths and be reminded that Emmanuel, God with us, he's still here. And he is our salvation. In Jesus' name.